1: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca, and boy are my arms tired, and my eyes, and my neck, and my back, and my body. It was rough. And I I gotta be honest with you, I've got got two kids, so I went to bed after the first overtime. But there's something that claws at you when there's a game of that significance still out there. So after tossing and turning for like 10, 15 minutes, not being able to fall back to sleep, on goes the TV. And then with each successive overtime, it's like, well, I got to go to bed. I got to go to bed. But then the draw continues. I actually dozed off at one point, Anthony, and I had a dream that I woke up and I went to the phone and saw the message that they actually suspended the game because the players were too tired and were going to continue it the next day. Which like would never happen. No, it would never... There, there's a there's a book. Um, J.P. Kinsella wrote the book um, Field of Dreams, right? Or, or the book about Shoeless Joe Jackson that became the movie Field of Dreams. There's a book that he wrote before that called The Great Baseball Confederacy. And what the book is is that the Cubs went to Iowa to play an exhibition game and it lasted for months they just extra innings and Chance was the manager of the Cubs and he wanted to win so badly that he refused to suspend the game and they would go to bed they'd wake up the next day continue to play it was like hundreds and hundreds of innings in a tie game It's actually a very interesting book I think that was kind of what was the seed planted in my head because when you have something that epic it just it draws at you I, I couldn't sleep and and I thought I was going to take another doze after the fourth overtime, but 13 seconds left, Kachuk scores. Now, I did say on the K show, first goal scorer, Panthers on the money line, but I did get a lot of people that bet Kachuk any time goal scorer and the Panthers on the money line, and they made themselves a significant amount of money with the Kachuk goal. So, you're welcome. If that means anything, but what an uh, those are amazing. And can we just pump the brakes? Larry Brooks brought this up years ago, and it comes up. And, and uh, Mick Kern, who I have a lot of respect for, who works the NHL channel on SiriusXM, tweeted it out. You know, this morning, this afternoon, I don't know. Time really means nothing to me at this particular point. About should they go to a shootout in the postseason? And Larry Brooks's argument always was that it gets really sloppy and ugly and tiresome. And the reason the games go so long is the players are so physically exhausted. Why have ugly hockey play three overtimes? And if there's a fourth overtime, go to a shootout. So I understand his logic, but at the same time, how disappointing would it be if that game was decided in a shootout after they killed each other for literally two games? Play it out both teams are exhausted there's no advantage or disadvantage either way and let the best team or the least exhausted team win and that was the Panthers and they take a 1-0 a seriously but just an epic epic game I mean, could hear by the sighs and moans and groans from Anthony Pusick that that you were able to stay up until what was it about 2 30? No it was, when the it game was before final?
2: 2 it was before 2
1: I'm trying to remember Your exactly eyes what were time so bloodshot that you
2: didn't <laughs> I mean, look—you have two kids. I don't have kids, well, so
1: I—I I, I, I didn't have conscious because it was like flip the TV on, watch, doze off. Like, so I wasn't conscious of like what time it was. You, you Three saw, kids. I'm standing up like five feet from the TV as if I was playing in the game.
2: You saw Gretzky, and he—I mean, you know, obviously he—he he, he doesn't do every TNT pre and post, so obviously he came on for the conference finals. And boy, what a one to come back to! I mean, him, Anson Carter, Biz, Hank—they all, Liam McHugh—they were all ready to. They're all ready to take a nap.
1: No, it was tough. it's rough. I mean, it's 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 a lot to go through. I've called a couple of overtime games in the playoffs on the radio. I've never had the pleasure of multiple overtime games. I've worked those like sidelines and stuff, and it's pretty exhausting. It ended any time, and the old adage seems to be, if they don't score right away, it could be we could be here a while, and we were here a while. As far as the game is concerned, the big controversy is uh, the Lombard goal. Should that have been disallowed for goaltender interference? I don't think it was goaltender interference. I agree, but do you want a game to end that way? Like, so not. I wasn't disappointed, Anthony, that they called it the way that it did. And I don't have a dog in a fight. I picked the Hurricanes, but I, I really don't care. I just want to see good hockey. I don't want to see a game end that way. So I, I thought he, I, I thought he was pushed in. I thought he made an effort to get out of the way, but clearly there was interference. So I think they erred on the side of hey, let's just continue to play. Um, nobody is going to be happy, and certainly you know uh, Paul Maurice with, you know pitched a fit on the bench. And why wouldn't you? And I'm sure Panther Nation's like, oh, it's all fixed. They don't want an eight C to advance. All the garbage that we hear over and over and over again, and and the social media videos of a play that was identical to that one where the goal was allowed and blah 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 blah. Is it fair, Anthony, for me to say, I don't believe it was goaltender interference, but I like the fact that they they called interference and took the goal away? Am, am, I, am I playing both sides? Yes, but that's honestly how I felt about it. There was enough to interfere. There's no penalty on the play, so it wasn't like anything nefarious happened, but at the same time, do you want to see a game end in that fashion? So is my assessment fair?
2: Yes, and you probably feel better because Florida did end up winning the game anyway. Maybe. Um but, I mean, uh, Keith Jones said it, um, the president of the Philadelphia Flyers that's still doing bench work, which I find interesting, <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: um, that uh, probably four minutes left in the first overtime, he said, we're going to be in for a long night. And I know they always say that, and you said it, Don, if you don't score right away, it's going to be a long – but you just you just felt it because it seemed like these guys weren't really taking a whole lot of risks. Like a mistake was going to have to decide this game. And I don't even know if Brent Burns made a mistake. I know Rick on the morning show said probably should have put it behind the net as opposed to chipping it up. But that's a play more often than not that you probably get away from. And maybe, you know, tired legs were a factor in it. But, boy, that was a heck of a shot by Kachuk Uh,
1: too. Thank you. Because he was well defended. It was a tremendous shot. It was a goal scorer's goal. And that's going to happen. Do I think the the Hurricanes are in trouble? No. Uh, they lost home ice advantage. We could be a big deal because they're not great on the road, but they can overcome this. And, and I go back longer than Anthony does just because I'm an old man. But I remember 1994, first round Rangers-Sabers, or De- excuse me, Devils-Sabers went four overtimes. And it was a scoreless tie, which was crazy. And back and forth and I think there was at least two if not three goals that in the four overtimes were disallowed Um and then eventually the, the goal was scored and, and the Buffalo scored, they won the game six forcing a game seven back in the Meadowlands and the feeling was the Devils are dead. There's no way that you can get off the mat after losing a four overtime game uh, the Sabres have all the momentum they're going to win and the Devils win the winning game seven and advancing and you know, the rest is history, losing in seven games to the, um, to the Rangers in the conference final that year. So I, in no way, shape, or form do I believe that, although oh, the, the Hurricanes are dead. You know, they might lose because the Panthers are better, but it won't have anything to do with the fact that they lost game one in four overtimes. It's just one of those things. They'll get off the mat. Um, I thought they played well. I think both teams played well. They, they, you, you got a little indication of how even these teams are, how tight checking it's going to be. And I think the way they played that overtime is kind of the way you play the series, Anthony, is just that nobody's going to want to make a mistake. But I, I give the Hurricanes credit. They kept coming back, fighting in the game. And um, I think that I would not be surprised if they come back tomorrow, win even the series, and and go to Florida. So... I do not, under any stretch of the imagination, believe that it's over for the Hurricanes at all. But, wow, well, so much fun. It really was just an incredible amount of, um, uh, amount of excitement around that. And I'm sure there's a lot of blurry-eyed hockey fans out there uh, that stayed up. because, And especially if you're a fan, you got a dog in the fight, Anthony. You're not giving up on that game at all. But
2: I mean, me and you are going to be tired today, let's just be honest. No, That's listen, what's going to happen. I'm you boxed this morning, I'm pretty sure
1: what's that didn't you kickbox this morning uh, no no i, I couldn't kickbox today because oh. we had to get up extra early because we had it was it was family day at my kids school so they had to be in early and they had they put on a performance so we had to be there at like 8 20 in the morning and um so it was a very very hectic day and that's why i'm actually recording this a little bit later um but uh that's where we stand right now as the hurricanes lose game one in four overtimes to the panthers as kachuk gets the goal
0: why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest waterslide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zip line through the jungle you don't just go somewhere new you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples
1: tonight golden knights and the stars espn now gets to join the party here in the conference final i had picked dallas in six so we'll see where, where that ends up kyle dubas officially out in toronto no surprise there um and there was there was running momentum that he would become the general manager of the pittsburgh penguins but there's so much surrounding the exit for Dubis, which apparently was mutual there's a lot of rumors that there may be some family issues so I'm not really feeling that he's going to go to Pittsburgh. And Mike Sullivan already issued a statement that he is not a candidate uh, to be the Rangers head coach. Now, does that mean he does not a candidate because he currently still has a job? I mean, how do you sit there and say, I'm a candidate for the Rangers job, but I haven't lost the, the job in Pittsburgh. So I wouldn't read too much into Sullivan's statement other than he made it which kind of tells you that he maybe feels comfortable that he's not going to be going anywhere. But there is going to be a new general manager there, so it's still a possibility. Um, The Rangers continue to do their interviews, but I don't think they're really close to making any kind of a decision. So that's where we're at with Toronto. But listen, I know a lot of Maple Leaf fans are disappointed with the with the job that was done there and there's gonna be a lot of changes but if there's any personal issues family issues then you know thoughts and prayers go out to him if anything's going on in the world with him kind of just a, a a personal uh ranger Um, just because it was kind of jarring when I heard it today. Jim Ramsey, uh, the the trainer for the New York Rangers, had been there since 1994, one of the best in the business. Uh, He's worked multiple Olympics for Team Canada, so that's how respected he was out with the Rangers. Don't know any inside information on why that would be the case. That sounds like it's mutual as well. He's not an old man by any stretch. There was no rumblings that he was looking to get out. I don't think this has anything to do with his job, per se, as far as any mistakes that he made, players having a problem. Again, certain guys come with the furniture. You know, with all the general manager and head coaching changes that have happened with the Rangers over that period of time, in the last three decades since he was hired in 1994, he has kept his job through every general manager, every head coach. Benoit Lair, the same thing. Those guys, they just kind of come with the house. You're like, you buy the house, you keep the furniture. Those are the pieces of furniture that always stay. So I don't know why, but I just wanted to bring it up on the podcast because he's a tremendous human being, terrific at his job, and it was a little jarring after 29 years with the organization, that he is out. So those are all the things that are going on right now in the world of hockey. So we'll see how you feel about things as we um, now transfer over to you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And we'll see how everybody handled last night, because I'm sure that's going to be a major topic of conversation. Um, Troy says, how do you compare these Panthers – to the 2012 Kings. I've heard that said before. I might have even mentioned it here on this podcast. The similarities are that they're both eight seats. I don't ever feel that the Kings were as dynamic offensively as the Panthers can be. When you look back to those Kings teams, you think of their best offensive players. You know, Kopitar was there, a younger player uh dowdy was really good scoring on the blue line you had dustin brown uh some of the other names i'm trying to pop into my head. but nobody like no 50 goal scorers no 100 point producers and you don't have that with the panthers either but i i, I think Barkoff uh is, is a really pure goal scorer i think a is a real pure goal scorer verhage kind of reminds me of somebody that would play for the 2012 uh los angeles kings in the way that he plays but um, and, you know, listen, Jonathan Quick um, is very comparable to Sergei Bobrovsky, at least at the 2012 time. Then Quick went on to win another Stanley Cup in 2014 with the Kings. So I don't know if Bobrovsky is going to win one cup, never mind two. But when you consider where they were in their careers, Vesna trophies and all that, very comparable uh, in goal. Uh, I'm not sure they've got the blue line that the that the Kings had. But I I hear where you're coming from, Troy. Different teams, different ways of going about it, but uh, still eight seeds that are not playing like eight seeds, right? I mean, you look at the way the Panthers played. You know, they came back from 3 1 down against the best team in the NHL in the Boston Bruins, and, you know, uh, and, and then you look what they were able to do. Uh, in round number two against Toronto uh, and now they've taken that first step against Carolina so uh, very very interesting stuff Sam Diaz says Don do you have any insight as to why the Rangers fired their trainer they were one of the uh, healthiest teams in the league last season was that a Drury decision again I, I don't know why Drury wouldn't have made that decision at the time that he decided to break ties with uh David Quinn so I I don't I, I can make some phone calls This liter- I found this out literally as I was coming down the stairs to my basement to record this podcast so I'll try to find out some information. We'll see if EJ has anything back on Monday. But, again, you can't go by performance. They've been healthy. The guy has worked 30 years for the organization under different general managers and coaches. He's worked multiple uh, Olympics for Team Canada. He is highly, very well respected. Um, so I, ha- I don't see where it would be performance-based. And if it was just jury trying to make a, a change, well, he had an opportunity to blow everybody out. When he took over as general manager... And he decided, after blowing out the coaching staff, uh, not just once, but now a second time, that um, it would take the second time to let go of the trainer. I can't imagine that he was that like. Oh, I can't believe you let go of my guy Gerard Gallant. I mean, they, maybe they were close, but he had only been there for two years. I mean, he didn't feel that allegiance when they let go of, you know, Tom Rennie or John Tortorella or Lane Vigneault or uh, any of the coaches they've had since then. David Quinn. Just I'm going through the litany of of coaches going back to Mike Keenan.
2: And players seem to love him too. So no, the this players is love really him.
1: the organization loves him. Great guy. This is gonna be funny and, and, and I don't know who knows this on the Game Mix Conduct podcast, but if you listen to the Michael K show, you would know of my the incident in Calgary. Oh yeah. So that had happened, you know, at five thirty New York time. So it's three thirty Calgary time. So I I was worried would I be able to get through the game? And so I went down and he gave me something to get through the game. Now, it ended up making the condition worse, Anthony, because I had I didn't eat something poorly it was I had a stomach bug. And part of the I um, the the um, when you have a stomach bug is to just get get everything out of your system. But he gave me something that was going to allow me to continue to do the game without having to run into the concourse every five minutes. Oh, boy. So that ended up making me feel worse because I wasn't able to, you know, shake the virus. But it still got me through the game. So that's my—I <laughs> hate that to be the my memory of Jim Ramsey. But but you know what? He just didn't help the players. He, he was able to help me get through the game as well. So, um, I, I, he's a great guy, seriously. And he came—he came with everybody uh, and was loved by everybody. So um, I wouldn't even want to speculate. Uh, Donnell says, "Hey, Don." Long game that was last night between the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Went to four overtimes. Still up and watched all of it. it. So who do you got winning the series between the Panthers and the Hurricanes and also for the Western Finals between the Stars and the Golden Knights? You've got to listen to the podcast. I've got the uh, Stars in six, and I'm still going to stick with the Hurricanes winning in seven. David Hines says, after tweeting that Paul Maurice was the Jeff Fisher of hockey, I'm owning up and admitting my opinion on him has changed during this whole Panther playoff run. I've been liking his good and fun-natured interviews and respected him when he blows off the officials. Uh, maybe it's been uh, maybe it's been the ride of the playoff run or that ESPN and TNT seem to get more out of him with the game's interviews. But now I'm liking him enough that I'm thinking he's due to win a cup, boldly admitting this. but hey, I'm owning it. Well, I've always been a fan of Paul Maurice, and you know it's kind of weird his resigning from Winnipeg. You know, there's a lot of different stories that he just felt like there wasn't anything left to give, or maybe reading the writing on the wall that they'll never be able to keep a star um, because Winnipeg is such a tough place for free agents to want to go sign. It with. looks like but a profit now, but I, uh, you're right because you know, it's going to be a mass exodus there, most likely, especially after um, you know what happened with Rick Bonus and the team, but. I always loved him in Carolina. One of the first Stanley Cup Finals I ever covered was 2002. And uh, he didn't have a great team by any stretch of the imagination. He took that team to the Stanley Cup Final, winning his coach in Carolina history. I remember um, when he got hired, he was 28 years old, I believe, when he got hired by the Hartford Whalers. So this guy is a hockey lifer in the NHL. And he has not won the championship, but I think he's gotten more out of his teams than a lot of others. And I think he's done a great job here in Florida. And I think that if there is a coach, because I have all the respect in the world for Rod Brindamore, I do. I think Rod Brindamore is one of the best coaches in the NHL. I don't think Paul Maurice loses anything to Rod Brindamore in this series. So, you know, maybe he is the Jeff Fisher. You know, and and you know what? That's not an insult. I mean, I guess it could be the way Jeff Fisher's career ended. uh, But, you know, he certainly took Tennessee to to a Super Bowl. Um, so, But I, I think Paul Maurice is going to end up uh, being better at the end of the day. Pete DeVito says, after last night's four-overtime game, what's your favorite multiple-overtime memory, either as a fan or a broadcaster? For me, it's probably Arnott in 2000 against Dallas, but also Devil Sabres in 94, despite it being a loss for New Jersey. Well, I just brought that up. Uh, the Arnott goal came in Game 6 against Dallas, a great feed from Eliash. Uh, won that game. That's a great one. The one that I always remember, and it's, it, it's Steve Levy and Darren Pang were calling the game for ESPN. Uh, the uh, the Keith Primo goal, Philadelphia beating Pittsburgh. Ron Tugnut was the goaltender for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That went, I believe, it in, into the fifth overtime. So it's the longest game I remember. Anthony will appreciate this. And if I said this on the Michael K show, Peter and and, and, P- and Michael would make fun of me. And I still have them, Anthony. And I should bring them in, because I don't even know if you know this about me. I have VHS cassettes of games that would make you weep. Does not surprise me in the least. All right. I've got every giant playoff win from 81 through whenever we stop using VHS cassettes. Okay, so I've got them all. So and I've got hockey games coming out of Ying Yang Yang, uh, really all on VHS, and and a lot of them I purchased and I'm and they were completely purchased illegally. It's not my fault. I, I don't think it was illegal to purchase them. It was illegal to sell them, and they to shut the guy down. You know, maybe maybe making a catalog, Anthony, was a bad idea for the guy. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but you know what? It was still great. I was working at Sports Fun at the time. It was like the mid '90s. we buying up all these games, but I would record in the, in the in this was in um in the '90s. So that. That game was probably 90, I think it was the 99, to, whatever. I'm trying to think what season it was. Anyway, um, I, I'd record the games. I'd record them all. But I don't have that one because, I mean, how much VHS can you have? I mean, <laughs> we're talking about almost three consecutive games. But, um, yeah, so I just taped everything. I'll, I'll bring them in, and we'll watch them, Anthony, because you'll appreciate I got We have the TV in here. You know, I've got, uh, I got all those... Um, well, you know a lot of Devil stuff. Growing up a Devil fan, but I got a lot of like great that um, the greatest game that I that I still ever remember. I went and got it on VHS, and that's why I brought it up whenever I'm in Calgary, because I just can't believe I've called games in Calgary, um, in the Saddledome, Game Seven, Canucks Flames, eighty nine. It was 17 and a half minutes of the most gorgeous overtime you're ever going to see in your life. Eventually, Joel Otto scored the game-winning goal. Flames go on to win the Stanley Cup, but that's how close they were to getting bounced in the first round by Vancouver. And you know, It was Kirk McClain in goal for Vancouver, and you had a young Trevor Linden. You had a young Theo Fleury. It's all just a—that I mean, that 89 Calgary Flame, I'm going on a tangent, but it's a hockey tangent, and it's a hockey podcast, so bear with me. That '89 Flame team, and it's before your time, Anthony. But the players on—I don't know if you're familiar with the players that were on that team. The goalie was Mike Vernon. I know that who, name. All right, you know Mike Vernon. You got you got Theo Fleury, who was a kid. I like Joe, Fleury. Joe Newendyke. I know that name. All right, man. Dougie Gilmore. You had Al McGinnis. You had uh, God. No, Gilmore might have already been gone. I take that back. He's, He's on, on it, it No, no he,
2: he played for them. All
1: right, so yeah, he did. Right, so, 70, so seventy-two games. So uh, on defense, you had uh, Al McGinnis. Um, you know, Gary Roberts, I believe, was on that '89 team. This is all Gary up Gary Suter my head, was. Gary Suter was Gary Roberts on that team too. Defenseman. No, no, just I, I, because I, I, I was going to say Gary Suter, but then I remember Gary Roberts Gary was Roberts.
2: on that team as a left winger. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh, Jim Poplinski. Oh yeah. Um, one of my favorite names.
2: Why do I know this name? You're going to tell me that what he does now, Brad McCrimmon. Didn't he do something in? Isn't he in like a front office somewhere?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, because there's the McCrimmon that died in the uh, in Russia, and then the one that's the the general manager of the the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, oh I was, right, I was right, getting confused. right. Um, there was um, oh, trying to think of you know
2: that'd be something that this McCrimmon was still doing things that would be.
1: I'm trying to think. Well, Joel Otto. Yep. Who had a long, a long, Lanny McDonald, who was like, it was the, I believe he was the captain, but he was like, he had never won a Stanley Cup in Toronto and Denver. And then he finally wins his cup the last year, walked away after they won the cup in 89. Great stuff there. Lanny McDonald. Who's the other, um, oh, there was another name that's one of my favorite names in hockey, too. I don't know what I'm vegging on. Um, A lube. and lube was on that team. Uh, (laughs) That's one of my favorite names in sports. It's not a real thing. It's a real thing, believe me. So um, that, that was one of my favorite overtime games uh, as well. Let's get to a few more before we uh, bang it out here. Jimmy Berger says, at some point, like if overtime continues until sunrise the next day, would the NHL have to intervene and suspend the game only because it could eventually become dangerous for the players to keep playing? What would happen to the extent to, of your knowledge? It's, it's a great question. I guess if you got to some point but you still have the intermissions. I don't think they would ever suspend it. Uh, could it, could you could it come down to where we're going to say, listen, we're going to instead of having twelve minutes between periods, we're going to give you twenty, give you an extra. I don't think they would ever do that. I I, I don't think you can because like, let's say you did that and you played it later today, it kind of affects the rest of the series, right? Because then you got to play in essence three consecutive days because then you're going to play tomorrow's game too. And then how do you do that if there's travel? It, I I don't think it would ever get to that point Robert Thee says hi Don do you think the NHL would consider going to three on three overtime format in the playoffs also to avoid more six hour marathon games like last night I I think it's fine I really do Um, they're a lot rarer than they were back in the day because there is a little bit more offense than there was say 20 years ago Um, I don't think they're going to make any kind of changes to it. it it's too epic it's too gorgeous it's too much fun so you yeah, know you lose a little sleep but they've got drugs for that and when I say drugs over the counter I'm not uh, contoning any other kind of behavior Anthony this was fun if I hope I hope you didn't mind my, my flames um, uh, I love every down second memory of this lame. Podcast. but um, but that's what we got so Monday we'll have EJ we'll get a little deeper into the conference final so enjoy the game tonight enjoy the weekend want to get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct we will talk to you again on Monday this was the Friday edition of game misconduct This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.